Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another week right here on the Roundup. Wherever you're tuned in across the SEN network, you're about to get your footy fix as we head into the prelim finals and a whole stack of other debates around. We've got a venues debate, start time debate, what makes the greatest debate, even secret plays are on the table. But Matty Johns, good morning to you, mate. Two weekends in a row with no Sunday footy. How was your Sunday yeah. yesterday? How was your footy-less Sunday? Well, it was uh, it, it was okay. I uh, went down to uh, Manly Wharf, Matty, yesterday. There was right. quite a bit of action down there yesterday, yes. and uh, had a had a few beers, uh, had a bit of pizza. Hey, it was just you know that's what winners do. You know, you go down and <laughs> eat prawn pizza and drink beer. Right. I didn't think you were there to get the ferry or, or anything in a hurry. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting, mate. When we spoke last week off the back of the way that the Knights were performing and those huge crowds and everything that sort of built into that crescendo, there was a bit of emotion in your voice and your feelings as well. So how was the emotion after the game against the Warriors? Oh, Matty, look, it was a uh, disappointing performance. Um, and you spoke about emotion there. I, I thought emotionally they got caught in the barriers. They were stuck in the barriers. Like the, the Warriors were right up for it. Like the crowd were buzzing, and they picked up on that, you know, the way that Newcastle did the week before. But, um, yeah, they just, you know, emotionally they weren't, they, they, just, uh, they just weren't there. And 16 nil after about 10 to 12 minutes, and, you know, from there, it was always going to be very, very difficult to get themselves back into the contest. Maddie, they did. They got themselves back in there, but the Warriors were just too strong. Sean Johnson, man, he is uh, wow. in some sort of season. He, he was masterful. And, you know, Matt, Maddie, in that game, I think, really typified his season in the fact that it wasn't... If you, I don't look at one piece of play that Johnson did or, you know, a passage or anything like that. It was... And look and go, oh, wow, look at, you know, that's a highlight real moment. It was just consistency. Let him around the park. Kick smart. Uh, and you see the difference he made to the Warriors, the confidence that they played with compared to the week before without him. At this stage of Sean Johnson's career, Matty, if you're Andrew Webster, I mean, you're not going to be able to teach him any more about strategic play, about kicking, about running anything, are you? I mean, it's all there in front of him and there's so much history. Is it more a case of the happy footballer who's got that experience and has been there and done it? The happy footballer is probably the best footballer you can have as a coach. Well, look, look and Matty, Andrew Webster would be treating him like a co-coach. The same way as Kevin Walters would be treating Adam Reynolds is that, mate, they've got all this experience, all this know-how, and they're the guys that are going to take the game plan onto the field. And so, you know, players like Sean Johnson, if, if you're a coach, you know, you don't, you, you don't treat them like the rest of your players. Like, you know, they're, you know they, they sit alongside you in running this football side. And that's what Andrew Webster's been able to do. He's, and you're right, Matty. You know, when you're happy and life's going good and you're... You know, it forms good. You've got a little bit of momentum and confidence going. It makes a huge difference. It's an easy one to take a look at that match and take a look, you know, zero in on the performance of Sean Johnson. Who else jumped out at you from the Warriors in particular? The way that Charles Nickel Clockstart goes to the line, some of his touches were sublime. And, of course, Dallin Wattini lesniak Talk about a happy footballer, mate. The guy's scoring oh, tries for fun. Yeah, darling, it was really funny. When he, when he came through the grades of Penrith, uh, I had a lot of people 
um, like Mark Guy who worked, was saying, you watch this kid go, you know, seen him play. And he did. He made, he had a real big impact initially. And then he really, he, he dropped away. Uh, and they allowed him, you know, they didn't keep him. He went to the Bulldogs and, you know, he showed little bits and pieces there. But this year he's been unbelievable, Matty. Just, uh, he's been the best winger in the competition. I mean, Dom Young has been brilliant. He, I'd say he just, you know, he just edges out Dom Young in uh, the winger in the year, and his performances, Adam Fanua Blake, was unbelievable. I don't look, Maddie, at no time in rugby league history. Well, I should go back, but in my time in rugby league, have I seen such incredible middle forwards? You know, guys. I mean, uh, Hass and Carrigan, but Fanua Blake, his his late footwork, his work rate, it's just incredible. He, what a player. And Webster held on to him too. He only ended up playing 42 minutes of that game. So, he, he, you know, he, he was playing the long game. You'd think that he'd be yanking Sean Johnson off as soon as he got the opportunity, but he, he's he got this ability to, to be able to play push-me-pull-you with his players and, and playing that longer game. We'll obviously take a look at the Warriors as we think about this coming weekend, but what about the Knights? Matty, what do the Knights take away from season 2023? Because it was an inch away from going off the rails. Man, they salvaged their season, Matty. They, they did. Uh, first thing they take away is that certainly in the, in the next two or three seasons, Caelan Ponga stays at fullback. That was, that was an experiment which nearly cost them their season, an experiment which nearly cost, cost Adam O'Brien his job. Uh, th- you know, it, it, was, it was a disastrous move for the team, for the coach, and, and for Kalen, you know, he's, you know, let's not forget that that's, that, you know, third of the way into the season, people were going, you know, Kalen Ponga, his career, you know, it's at the crossroads, you know, can he afford another, you know, another uh, HIA or a knockout? Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the first thing they take away. And just, you know, the importance that Kalen is to the side. Um, he's the highest, I believe, highest played player in the competition certainly as far as salary cap percentages but he, but he's worth it Matty you know, just you, you know like I said before the, the difference Johnson made to the Warriors it's the same with Kalen uh, the other thing they'll take out of their season Matty is that you know like watching them my concern in that game or my concern in the finals is there's not a lot of guys in that side that have played a lot of big games and I just thought uh you know, like we were lucky against the Canberra Raiders. Could have easily he dropped that one. You know, that was that was that was really touch and go. And then we, uh, yeah, we just we got rolled over by the Warriors over there. And you know, just the finals experience will do a lot of those players good. But you know, you look at the Knights, Matty, and our last, the last couple of times that Adam has taken the Knights to the finals, we've, you know, we got through the first week but we got pounded in the second week, and that has been the tail of the tape for the Knights once they've got to the finals. So they've got some things to address of how they play their their big games and those finals games. So many storylines out of 2023 for the Newcastle Knights. It's hard to know where to, where to even start. There's the O'Brien story. There's the way that they got themselves back on. I mean, Kalen, as you mentioned, you know, out of origin, back to number one, the trip to Canada, I mean, the, the yeah. thread lines just continue to go through, not to mention the crowds that they had. So season 2023 for the Newcastle Knights w- was a damn good one and the way that they mm. finished. And 
They'll go into 24 with some pep in their step. Storm defeat the Roosters 18-13 on Friday night at Amy Park, so the Storm keep on going. Do you reckon that match was a reflection of those two teams and their season up until that point? I reckon it was, Matty. It wasn't... um... Like it wasn't like it was just a grafting game. When I sat down, I sort of sat down. You know, I sit down with a notepad in front of me and I watch the football because of all the you know the different things like the show here and and whatnot, and just take some notes. And I must say, there were, I didn't have a lot of notes written down in that game. It was just a grinding backwards and forwards affair. Um, got onto the Roosters, nearly pinched it. Melbourne again, Matty. We've stated this last month. They look tired. Their key players look tired. Harry Grant, in particular, he he looks he looks fatigued. They're bringing him off the bench. It'll be interesting if they do that this week. You've got to be so careful against Penrith. Penrith can blow you away in the first twenty minutes. I sort of think Harry has to be out there and has to start the game. But um, yeah, look, Munster was Matty. He it wasn't five star Munster. He was busy, which was important. Interesting to see if Jerome Hughes can come back. He's vital for this week. So like the story with the Knights, what do the Roosters take out of 2023? I mean, man, oh, man. You know what I think of the Roosters? I I just continually think that almost every Monday morning, Trent Robinson got in there and dragged them off the canvas and and put them back into the fight. Matty, like, they've they've got some things that they need to address about their football, particularly their attack. Uh, Their attack... Uh, got them into a lot of trouble this year. For whatever reason, Matty, they find it very hard to simplify their attack. And I think it's because they've got talented ball players on the inside and big talented outside backs, which naturally you'll start to push the ball east-west a little bit. But they lacked they lacked upward punch. It was only They only found that the back end of the year when, when Brandon Smith started to find his best form. So the Roosters, they've, they've got to go away. And I think that they've got to, yeah, they've got to reinvent themselves to a certain extent. Have you got a best performer from the weekend's two games for BizCover? Choose bizcover.com.au. Oh, I'll go Chance, Nickel Clockstar. I thought he was he was brilliant. Um, he's been a God. He's been a great pickup for the Warriors. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he I, I thought he was really good. He was everywhere. He buzzed around, floated in and around Sean Johnson's inside and outside shoulders. He was terrific. BizCover is business insurance that'll have your small business winning every time. As you can imagine, on this Monday morning, we've got quite a few items on the list. Of course, the passing of Lionel Morgan at the age of mm. 85, the first Indigenous Australian to represent Australia in any major code. Um, played and coach at Winner Manly Seagulls. Was named in the Australian Rugby League's Indigenous Team of the Century as well, Matty. Yeah, gentlemen. Just what a champion. And like you said, uh, the first Indigenous uh, man to represent Australia in any sport, any code. And you think about Lionel non, in you know, the 1960s Australia, you know, when he was coming through late 50s into the 60s, the challenges that, challenges that he would have faced um, as an Indigenous man and what he achieved, um, universal respect right across the, the code, right across the country, and a huge loss was an incredible player, was a really respected coach. His players loved him. Enormous loss. Yeah, there's some vision on the NRL website too that's worth having a look. Um, the try, individual try that he scored against France, which is some great video. Played two tests for Australia against a touring French team in 1960 and then was 
um, selected to represent Australia in the World Cup in England in 1960 as well. So Lionel Morgan passes away at the age of 85. AFL, of course, where well, we lost Ron Barassi on the weekend. We've got yeah, Rugby World wow. Cup. The Wallabies went down to Fiji overnight or this morning, mate. Um, plenty of motorsport around. Now, the venues debate, the start time debate, it's all in front of us. Not only that, the Kangaroos Centre debate. We've got some debates rolling on on this Monday morning, but we need to take a break. This is the Roundup. You can be part of it. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Or hit us up on the open line on this Monday morning, 1300 01 1170. This is the Roundup on a Monday morning right here with Matty Johns. Uh, Johnsy, I said last week I thought that the Warriors-Knights game would be quite possibly the game of the season. I have the right to change my mind. After <laughs> I say the Warriors-Broncos might possibly be the game of the season. And on that front, i uh, got some callers on the line. So, John, we'll start with you in Brizzy. We're going to get good opposing views here. John's in Brizzy. Sparky's in Wellington. So let's start uh, on the home front. John, good morning, mate. Morning, good morning. Hey, um, yeah, I'm in Brisbane, but I'm actually from New Zealand. So That's right. I'll be supporting the Wars this weekend. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have supported the Broncos. But um, just quickly, what a game from the Wars. But going into the cauldron, 52,000 supporters in Brisbane. Um, I'm sorry to say, Brisbane, but it'll probably be a home game for New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, John, you're, mate, spot on. I mean, the Warriors... You know, don't you guys just enjoy enormous support there? In fact, a few years ago, I went into the to the Broncos uh, merchandise store, and it was almost split. It was like half Broncos, half Warriors. So yeah, enormous oh. support there for the Warriors. And, and you know, John, like I, I can't wait to see how the Warriors play this game. Historically, the Warriors have done they've done well against Brisbane, and they've done it on the back of physicality, really ripping in. It'll be uh, that that clash through the middle. Fanua Blake up against Haas and Carrigan is going to be something special. Oh, it's, a, it's the two best props in the game, mate. It has to be. And, and all the pressure's on Brisbane. Everyone's saying they're going to yep. win. They're going to win by 20 points, 30 points. They're at home. They're the favourites, them and Penrith. So all the pressure's on them. There's no pressure yep. on the Warriors, mate. Yeah, I'll tell you, you're right. That, that's the thing that really impressed me, John, about the Warriors, was there was a lot of pressure on the Warriors last week. You know, if you get bundled out in straight sets after a great season, you go lose, lose, and you're out of the finals. And, you know, that would have really put a dampener on what has been an incredible season. But winning that game against the Knights, they held their nerve. They, you know, they withstood the pressure of the home crowd. Good on you, John. Yeah. Thank you, mate. You enjoy the uh, the week ahead. Well, you get a 7.50 p.m. start, but Sparky over there in Wellington, who's on the line, you get a 9.50 p.m. Mm. start, your time. Can I start there, mate? Does, does I mean, you'll be watching, no doubt about it, but does it does it bother you that it's that late for you? Yeah, g'day, boys. Maddies. I uh, hope you're both behaving yourselves. Um, the late <laughs> kickoff, uh, for me, it doesn't, bother me at all I, I'm used to it I like it I mean I've got a young daughter who's about 18 months but um she'll be in bed by then but you know taking young children to the game it, it, it's hard um we went to the Dolphins game a couple of weeks ago when we got smashed actually and that was um that was really cool but um now for me it doesn't matter mate I quite like the late kickoffs um uh you know I mean this Warriors Club 2023 this this edition you know I've been a fan since 95 since day one and um you know, this is more than a club. It's like Barcelona, must care on club. It's it's a movement. Uh, you know, we've got our own DNA and identity. But 
Just a question, Maddie. Um, how do you yep. reckon the Warriors can beat the Broncos this weekend? We, we sort of saw Ponga um, kind of nullified a bit. He sort of double teamed and um, yep. strangled for space and Dom Young a little bit there too. But what do you think the keys are for the Warriors to to upset the Broncos? Uh, Sparky, first and foremost, you've got to contain their middle, which is really difficult to do. Your Haas and Carrigan are just, you know, they're good. They're eighty-minute players. If you if you need them to be, and they just relentlessly take the ball up, you've got to be able to contain them. It's really interesting. I'm just sort of sitting here thinking about, you know, you know, containing a bloke like like Hass. And it was interesting in 2017 when Jason Taumalolo was imperial, and it was just unstoppable. The Melbourne Storm come up with a plan. They actually defended him the old-fashioned way. They actually that from marker they would race and they chop his legs from underneath him. I'd be considering the same with Hass and Carrigan. Big men don't like getting tackled that way. You know, tackled in the lower limbs from side on. That's the first thing I'd do. You know, so if you can contain them, you're not going to give Adam Reynolds as much time. And if you don't give Reynolds as, as much time, then you're not going to give Roos Walsh as much opportunity. Look, with Reynolds, I'd, I'd be getting a defender uh, to lead the line up and making Reynolds play early. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be just all out on Reynolds. Reynolds, look, Walsh has got the flash and all that stuff. The most important bloke in their football side is Adam Reynolds. He hasn't played over the last couple of weeks. I'd just make it a really uncomfortable night for Reynolds. Thank you, Sparky. Appreciate that, mate. Uh, enjoy your week as well and some great insights into there. You know, it is a movement. The, the Warriors is a movement this year. And it's a, Matty, it's I'll been say one this. heck of a yarn. It's been incredible. But, Matty, I, I do really think it's a missed opportunity from the game. I... I just thought the fans in New Zealand, I, in my way, I, I thought the game should have been at six thirty. The nine fifty start over there. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think, I think for what they have done this year, that football side, and the support they're getting over there, uh, the story, the interest in the country. In my opinion, the game had to be at the latest six thirty. Well, I'm going to throw that to our New Zealand listeners because we go through. Uh, into NZ via the SEN app. And we have plenty of Kiwi fans who, who love their rugby league and love listening to you, Johnsy, on a Monday morning and Fridays. But l- let me know your thoughts. Sparky's not too worried about it. The difference there is that they get to sit at home and it's a 9.50 p.m. start. But I think about it. When I first saw it, I thought instantly, I thought, what, what does this do for New Zealand expansion? Because they'll come up against this again. Sparky's in Wellington. They're going to put their hands up. The AFL had the Lions and Carlton at 5.15 p.m at the Gabba on Saturday. They didn't want to clash with the Broncos at Suncorp at 7.50pm. So Uh there's a bit of give there from one side, but just absolutely no give from the other side. Now, I get it. Both you and I work in television, so we understand Mm -hmm. it. We know that that's where the money comes from and that's where the bigger ratings are. But what if you moved it just a little bit earlier? I mean, we have yeah. this debate about, you know, we have it about state of origin every year as well. But yep. this yep. is nine. This is t- this is a ten o'clock start over there. Yeah, it missed opportunity, Maddie. It, it is, and and you know they're the story over the. In, this is incredible. Like the Warriors are the story in New Zealand. While there's a rugby union World Cup taking place, it, it's. It's phenomenal, and yeah, I'll come back to missed opportunity. It's interesting about you know like the debate about expansion, the next side in New Zealand. Um, look, I'm of the belief, and I've said this a couple of times. If if I'm the NRL and I want to dip my toe into the water and go okay about expansion, the first thing I put an NRLW side in Wellington. That's what I would do, 
and you know, and just see what that does. I think that would create enormous interest. I think it, I think it would boom. There's you know areas in in around Wellington that are real strongholds of rugby league, like Wayne Uimata, and they produce incredible players. I think an NRLW side will put a footprint there, and just test the waters about bringing a men's side in, uh, you know, in the next five six years. Let us know your thoughts on that one, folks. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. There's also the discussion around venues. So we'll do this after the nine thirty news. Uh, the home ground advantage. When should it end? In the finals, a core for Penrith, of course, and Suncorp for the Broncos. So that's a that's a tried and tested debate. That one. Um, Nathan Cleary in the article in the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. Um, a good feature this morning on Nathan by Michael Chamis. It, it poses the question, which I want to throw at you, Johnsy, a little bit later this mm. morning, about the greatest and the criteria for mm. making the greatest. Now, Nathan's not coming out. The headline is, I want to be the greatest. And so he should be. That's that's what he should aspire to. He's not saying, he's not yeah. putting his head on a pedestal here. But I always want to know from people like you, what you think makes the greatest at the end of the career? Is it longevity? Is it titles? Is it awards? What is it? I'll give yeah. you some thinking time on that one. And we'll have the uh, debate around the centre positions for Mal Meninga's Kangaroos. There's heaps on the table. Let's go to the news first. In the English Premier League this morning, Arsenal have beaten Everton 1-0. Bournemouth drew with Chelsea 0-0 overnight. So that's the late one last night. Chelsea have won just the one of their first five. And did you see the vision of Tottenham v Sheffield oh. United? Unbelievable 2-1. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Hey. What about it, like, you know, when, when it was mooted that Ange was going to go there and, you know, the, the, a lot of the, what do they call you? Would you, they, they, call them, they don't call them ultras there at Tottenham. Uh, but, you know, they were blowing up about it, like, who's this bloke? You know, coming along, well, they've changed. Like, singing at the full time. Singing songs but about him. Singing songs. But, you know, and me and the maestro, we are having a chat about this before. He's got them playing Tottenham football. Right? All out attack. You know, it does leave you a little bit vulnerable at the back, but, you know, that's, how, that's, where, that's where they play their best football. Yeah, it's, it's another good story. Right, let's hook into a couple of these issues that are in front of us. So, so why don't we start with uh, the venues debate. Um, the home ground mm. advantage, when, when should it end in the final? CEO of the Panthers group, uh, Brian Fletcher's had his say in the papers this morning. So Penrith obviously end up at a core stadium this week and that's where the big crowds come and they take on the storm. The Broncos at home against the Warriors, as we mentioned. So, so when should it end in the finals, the home ground advantage? And, and when do you switch over to neutral venues? Because if Brisbane v Warriors was being played at the neutral venue this week, i.e. Mm. Sydney, you're not going to get anywhere near the crowd that you get up there at Suncorp. No, that's right. I, I think, <clears throat> Matty, I, I think after the... F I, I wouldn't have a problem after the first week of the finals. Well, I, you know ending the home ground advantage to an extent. I'll, I'll just say this. I think they they have to come out at the end of the season straight away and just come up with a policy. Like a, like the Cronulla situation. Like, I, I get it, you know, but the rules are in place, you know, that, you know, your home ground advantage, you just can't take that off them on the run. Um, yeah, I, there's certain stadiums you want the games to be played in 
for capacity, for atmosphere. And, yeah, they've got to make some policies as soon as the season's finished, Matty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, even if they do make those hard and fast policies, the, the debate will come back up because it'll come back to bite them. It's almost like you, you really can't win. The Kangaroos Centre debate. Um, a story by Michael Karianis this morning in the Daily Telly in the News Limited papers that Penrith star Dylan Edwards is a consideration by Mal for the centre role. So you think those that aren't available um, for Mal, Latrell Mitchell... Jack Whiten, Campbell Graham, Tom Trebojevic, currently unavailable. Maybe Valentine Holmes. He's got the hammer there and Bradman best. But he's got an absolute plethora of fullbacks to play with. Yes. What does he do with Dylan yeah. Edwards? Yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of depth, haven't we, in, uh, in certain positions. Fullbacks, you know, the, biggest, uh, the biggest one, no doubt about that. I don't... Look, I don't play Dylan Edwards in the centres. D- Dylan Edwards' best game. He's, he's best football and how he plays is... Is just floating around the park, you know, he picking up yardage, making big blokes middle and uh, miss in the middle of the field with his footwork, and he's just busy. And center doesn't uh, center doesn't offer any of that for Dylan Edwards. I, I don't think I, I I'd be I'd be shocked if he selected there. Which way does he go? Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? With blokes dropping out left, right, center. I I, <laughs> I don't know. You have here on. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, on uh, I mean, Edwards deserves selection. I mean, maybe they look at him as 14. He could have impact there. You know, bring him on. If I'm if I'm going to pick Edwards right, and you're thinking, right, where am I going to play Dylan Edwards? And I, I get it, he's going to have to have defensive responsibilities here, which may not suit. But I'd be if I'm looking for a different position to bring him off the bench. I'm playing him 13 through the middle if I'm not playing fullback because again, he's in the middle. Dylan Dylan does all his best stuff in the middle of the field. And, you know, defensively, I'm not sure how he'd go, but with the football, he'd be excellent. Yeah. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is that open line number. Centres for Mal, what do you think about that? And where would you use a player of unique talents like uh, Dylan Edwards? The, the greatest debate is always a fascinating one, Matty. And this morning, Michael Chamis is under a good yarn in the SMH, and it focuses obviously on Nathan Cleary. And the numbers for Nathan are, are astronomical. So they win against Melbourne this Saturday night, and it gives Cleary an opportunity to win three titles before the age of 26. And it points <laughs> being pointed out that that's equal to the combined tally of premierships that Jonathan Thurston, Andrew Johns, and Cameron Smith, three of the all-time greats, had won at that same age. Nathan says he reckons that the greatest is around Joey or JT. So what do you put down on a piece of paper when I say to you, what makes the greatest by the time they get to their end of the, the end of their career? Matty, it, it's part of its results. Uh, in, for rugby league, part of it is dominating at state of origin level. The big one, whether you look at any sport, I think a judge of the greatest, the people that sit up at the very, very top tier, uh, people that just, it's not about just their talents, they're, they're players who make everyone around them better. And you see this in various sports. You saw it with people like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You saw it with Eric Cantona in football and you know, even Maradona, you know, p- players at the very top, at the very top, that, that rare atmosphere. Um, that's what they do. They make everyone around them better. Nathan, his trajectory is off the charts. Uh, look, uh, Cameron Smith 
was the man. It was the previous decade was Cameron Smith. You know, this this is going to be Nathan Cleary's decade. The next step for Nathan, and we hear this ad nauseum, but it's true, is dominating at state of origin level. And I think the really, if New South Wales want to see the best of Nathan Cleary, they've just got to take a look at what goes on at Penrith. Now he's, you know, he's very fortunate at Penrith. The whole side is plugged into him. Right, they're all wherever he swings around the field. Everybody, they're so well choreographed. Off Nathan, everything he does, they compliment his teammates. For New South, for for Nathan to dominate at state of origin level, that's what the coaching staff have to do. They've got to be able to plug everyone in the in the side into Nathan. Uh, that that that's the next step though for Nathan. It's dominating at state of origin level, owning a series. Where does longevity come into the debate for you? Yeah. Yeah, longevity is important too, Matty. You know, we see people sometimes... We, we've seen players before in the past have, you know, like Jared Hayne, have that singular incredible season, a run. But, you know, the, the, the real champions of the sport dominate over a long period of time. They do. And, and that's the, the interesting part for me, especially about rugby league, because injuries can cut a rugby league career short... Um, so easily. There are so many injuries in this game. What's Nathan up to? 157 games already. Mm. Your brother played, what, just short of 250 before injury cut short his career. I mean, you wonder what the benchmark is in terms of, of numbers, but Nathan can go on for a, a long, long time. He's only 25. Well, see, this this is the thing with Adam Reynolds and Sean Johnson, Matty, is that what used to happen... The divide. We'll talk about this on on Friday morning, Glory. The dividing line, like the the Iron Curtain, used to be thirty. When you hit thirty as a footballer, they used to eulogise and say, "Well, you know, he's sort of getting to the end and all the rest of it." And for a playmaker, you know, with the experience you get, you're doing some of your best stuff later in your career. But what happens is it's it becomes, you know, um, basically intelligence versus you know, holding up physically, athletically. And that's what happens when your legs start to go. But what we're seeing now with sports science, and this is crucial for guys like Reynolds and Johnson, is that we're seeing playmakers now play into their mid-30s. You know, guys like Cameron Smith even played getting close toward 40. And, you know, the reason these guys are able to, to play so long is it's sports science, Matty. I actually think, like, if you look at the NFL, like how long Tom Brady played for, now, in the NFL, you know, they call it these days a quarterback's league because they barely get touched. But I reckon, I reckon Patrick Mahomes will play into his mid-40s, Patrick Mahomes. And I actually think in about a decade's time, I think we'll have a couple of footballers play into their 40s, a couple of NRL players. Yeah, it'd be Cleary it'd be could be the first. Could Cleary be. could well, be he's, the first to do it. <laughs> he's only 25 and, he, and he's holding yeah. up okay. You wonder just how many... How many games at the back end of careers do people win with their smarts against yes. their body? Well, because look at they, they certainly know. Yeah. yeah, they certainly know how to back off on their body on, the, on their physical sense, don't they? It's and that's the thing with Johnson. When Johnson, look, he's not slow. Anyway, mate, he's, he's still got. He's really got that first step quickness still. But you know, he's lost a meter or two. Hasn't affected him at all. In fact, it's made him better. I think it's 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 enabled him to play with more poise, and he's a better decision maker with his playmaking. Roundup, listeners, we hand that one over to you. Why don't you give us three points you think that make the case to be the greatest? 
how does that one fold out for you? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Rabbitoh Chris says it's not just the talent. King Wally had mongrel and intimidated the opposition as a player or a spectator. He got scared when he had the ball. So there's there's a another mention for the criteria. A bit of mongrel thrown in. Yeah, well that's it. I mean, the champions they got that fire in the belly, and you see it with Michael Jordan. You know, that the nastiness he played with on the court. And and a lot of times, too, with the champions, uh, Matty, is they find retirement problematic because a lot of times the fire doesn't go out. And you see that with Jordan with the last dance. Is it, you know, it's almost like a curse that he's still got that fire burning and, you know, how that's affected his relationships with teammates. And, and I, I run into a, you know, a lot of footballers that I've played against and they'll say to me, do you miss it? And I'll say, man, not one bit. And there's one or two that said to me, I miss it every day. And that's, that's a curse. It'd be awful. But do you miss the competition? Like if, if you go out and do something else, um, you know, either, either sporting-wise or professional, or wh- whatever, is, is there that competitive drive that, that you want to um, try and keep flickering? Not really, Matty. It's uh, my my fire went out about a decade ago, mate. But <laughs> I mean, look, you know, when we play Trivial Pursuit, um, yeah, you know, I actually I hate board games. And, yeah, I, I, but um, yeah, no, like uh, Matty, when, when I was ready to retire, I was done. And yet, like, because rugby league was such a massive part of my life since as long as I can remember, like, I knew when I was getting to the end. I remember. <laughs> walking into a bookshop and there was a book on photography and going, wow, I, mate, I picked it up and I was looking at it. And, mate, I was never going to be a photographer. I mean, but what it was, it's the brain going, just looking for something else. Like, you've had enough. I'd had enough of the rugby league. And once you, once I made that decision to retire in myself, it, what a relief. 0457-736-736, folks. Give us three points. What makes Great. Let us know. We're approaching quarter to 10. Let's take a break. More of the roundup after this. Welcome back. Our Snap Judgments this morning uh, by Matty John. Snap Fitness has you covered. Visit your local Snap Fitness to find out more at snapfitness.com.au after the Warriors defeated the Knights 40 points to 10. The Storm defeated the Roosters 18 points to 13. And a little bit later on in the program, we'll take a look at this weekend's matches, uh, who makes the GF. But now let's do a Neds update with Jared Timms. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Good morning, Timsy. Where are we at with Premiership odds? Yeah, morning, Matt. Well, after that big win over the Warriors, a week off, and then the Warriors themselves coming out and giving the Knights a real touch-up on Saturday. The Panthers have firmed heading into the prelims. $2.10 into odds-on favouritism this week, Matt. They are $1.90 premiership favourites here at Nets today. The Broncos have certainly had plenty of admirers of their own on the week off as well. $2.80 into $2.50. Now, probably just as a result of those top two elects firming, the Storm have been slight drifters this week. $10 out to $11, while the Wars have held firm. At the same quote, they're up at last week, $12 in the Neds Premiership market. Okay, 12 bucks for the Wars, $1.90 for the Panthers. So let's take a look at these two games ahead of us, Panthers v Storm and then Bronx v Warriors. Well, the bookies clearly think that the Storm played their final last week, Matt. They were very lucky to get past the Roosters, to be fair. And the Panthers have gone up $1.18 favourites head-to-head as a result. You can have $5 for a Storm upset, and the early line in this one is 13 and a half point. 
The second game, this is the pick of the two, in my opinion. The Broncos at home. But I can tell you, about as a footy fan that has frequented Suncorp Stadium for many, many years, there are a lot of Warriors fans that turn out here in Brisbane. $1.28 for the Broncos, but because of what I just said there, I think the Warriors look really good value head-to-head here. $3.70, probably even more so in covering the line, 10.5 points. Is it fair to say, Timsy, that there's a lot of sentimental money around? I mean, there's sentimental support, but does that equal sentimental money when you look at the Warriors? Uh, absolutely. They would have probably the second most number of bets in premiership betting at the moment, Matt. I haven't had a look this morning, but that was certainly the case going into last weekend. Uh, the Panthers, obviously, how they've good be, but how good they've been for a long period of time. They've attracted all of the big money, but certainly in terms of number of bets, the Warriors very, very popular. Yeah, not surprising at all, mate. Good on you. Thank you for that. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Matt. Good luck, punters. Jared Tim's there with our Neds update. You can download the Neds app today and take your betting to the Neds level. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. So gamblinghelponline.org.au. What do you make of those numbers, folks? The Panthers at $1.90 favourites to win the premiership. I don't think that's a surprise, but uh, the Warriors at $12. So... There's some value, obviously, around them and the Storm remaining where they are, also in double figures. 0457 736 736 is the text line. We're doing some things this morning. What makes great? Give us three points uh, to what you think. The, the starting time debate as well for Warriors and Broncos. What, what do you make of that for our New Zealand uh, fans and also the venues debate. When does home ground advantage, in your opinion, end in finals? Or when should it end? And when do we slip to switch to the neutral venues? A lot for us to talk about. More after this. We're back. A dollar ninety, according to Jared Timms, Matty Johns, uh, for the Panthers to win the premiership. So no surprises yeah. there. But twelve bucks for the Warriors. Would you have a little? I like you have that. a little sneaky. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, twelve bucks. I do. I. I I give them a huge chance this week against the Broncos. I can understand Broncos would be the favourites, but a lot of pressure. You know, it's like John was saying before, a lot of pressure on the Broncos. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of expectation in that city around the Broncos, and uh, I think there's going to be a really tricky game for them. Tricky's a, a good word for it. Of course, we've got preliminary finals in the AFL as well. Collingwood versus GWS Giants. There's a story. Brisbane Lions against Carlton. That one at the Gabba on Saturday afternoon. Um, and Rugby World Cup as well. Fiji defeated Australia 22 points to 15. It's the first time that they've beaten us since 1954. And Eddie's trying to talk himself out of that hole. Uh, stick around. The second hour of the roundup is coming up. Welcome back. Second hour of the program. The roundup here on this Monday morning with Matty Johns. Uh, Matty, some of the best segment ideas come together in an ad break, don't they? So I, I'm I'm taking this one to the next level um, because it's come together in an ad break plus a news break, and I'm going to call it AMAA. Ask Matty almost anything. Almost. Almost yeah. anything. <laughs> the, the important yeah. word there is almost. Almost. <laughs> Okay, so AMAA from now on at 10 o'clock is, is your time, mate. This is where okay. our punters jump on the line and they can ask you almost anything. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number or 0457 736 736. Uh, a full board of callers. So, Craig, uh, you can kick it off. Good morning, mate. Fire away. 
Well, that got off to a good start, didn't it? That's almost nothing. <laughs> David from Brisbane, let's go to you. Craig's gone uh, all quiet on us. David, are you there? Have you got anything for us? I have indeed, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank God morning. you're there. Thank God I'm here, yes. Um, you guys mentioned earlier in the last half an hour or so regarding the AFL having the time slot earlier compared to the uh, NRL, and it just shows the difference in hierarchy, senior management, and the organisation themselves about the care factor of certain ways, time allocations. And, yes, the Warriors should have been, and it can be, and should have been done at a better time slot for them. Minority of people in New Zealand wouldn't be too concerned, but majority should be looked at, which is why the AFL is far more superior in the actual general senior management and how their organisation is run, that there is no favouritism from state to state. It's done by the game. And that's what the NRL still have not done after so many years. Yeah, the big one. Look, this is uh, we've had a couple of these. We, of course, with the the Cronulla thing, week one of the finals and the stadiums, and yeah, this this is a big one. I, and I, I just see it as a no-brainer as far as the Warriors and time allocation when the games start. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know if they, they've got the ability to move now move it now but it's just a it's just a missed opportunity mm. it's um with everything going on over there the interest in the game it's a missed opportunity david i guess the question is why does the afl have flexibility in the nrl doesn't now i mean we, we, the five fifteen p.m time at the gabba was that locked in i mean we, we were talking earlier this morning about the fact that if you're going to make these moves you have to do them you have to do them before the season so everyone understands them but from my understanding, David, that was a that was a flexible move by the AFL. Hundred percent, it is, and I'll give you guys a couple of understandings. And I'm a part of a youth program as a coach, and that we were an AFL club here in the north side of Brisbane. And it yeah. comes down to who's the game for now. Matty Johnson and Matty White, you guys both know that that it's about the bloody fans. Sorry to be a little bit over the top, but it's about the bloody fans and the kids now. You want young kids to do it? It's no different. AFL might go for a longer spectacle because of the, the, the quarter time, how much, half an hour or so for each quarter. It's a longer game. So having the younger generation there of a twilight in mid-September, late September, it's fantastic for the kids to go and enjoy it early enough and still get home at a respectable time. Teams get to watch at a respectable time and enjoy the, either the victory or the sorrow of a loss. Mm. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And so the business here, what, what it is, as Maddie knows, is it, it's t- the television ratings thing. You know, it's the free-to-air saying, no, we want it at this time. We want bang for our buck. But I still maintain, like the Warriors versus the Broncos, at 6.30 on a set, like the ratings will be through the roof anyway. It's like, uh, for me, uh, and, and, uh, and not, you know, don't beat an old drum here, but like the day grand final. Like, I, I would love to see that back. And now, people might not be sitting in their, you know, lounge room singularly watching the game, but the people are at the pubs and people are, are sitting, you know, uh, there are barbecues and groups and stuff like that. There, there, there is as many eyeballs onto a day grand final than a night one. Good on you, David. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a head-scratcher. Why does one league have flexibility with one network and another league doesn't have flexibility with others, uh, that's probably the question to ask. Right, Craig. Let's see if you're there. We'll go second time around. Good morning, mate. Far away. 
morning, Matty and Matty. How are you, boys? Great, oh, good lad. Good. Uh, apologies for that. Mobile phone technology is not great. Uh, <laughs> uh, boys, just uh, read this. Read the Broncos. I, I'm confident, as in fact, as confident as I was against the Storm in Week One uh, on this weekend. And I'll tell you why. Throughout the season, we never played the Storm with our best side. Uh, in one game, they played. They had two in the bin, so they played 60 minutes with only 12. When we got our best side, you see what happened in week one. When we last played the Warriors, it was during Origin without six Origin players, and they still yeah. got the job done. Yep. It's yep. at home. It's their best side. They've had a week off. It all leads to to Broncos winning my book. Yep. Well, um, and you're right. And week one against the Melbourne Storm too. I mean, a lot of pressure on the Broncos there. And the very fact that they hadn't beaten them in Brisbane since 2009, but look, it didn't weigh on them one little bit. They just went out there and went out there and went about their football. Um, but yeah, you know, I just made. I'm looking at this Warriors side. They've done amazing things this year. They'll come over here. Yeah, they have got something to lose, right? But they'll they'll play with that nothing to lose mentality. They'll play with a real underdog mentality, which is tough to beat in big games. I think it'll be a real tight one. Thank you, Craig. Uh, Chris from Ballarat has called in. What have you got for us, Chris? Do you think we're overthinking kickoff times here? Um, no, I, I think that the, uh, the... I'm not 100% sure if this is a part of the AFL's thought process. Is One, I doubt they'd want to go head-to-head from a attendance perspective with the NRL. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I yeah, think they'd possibly one. move the game a little bit so that they can go from the Gabba to Suncorp. But also, the AFL are pretty good at making sure that teams can get on a plane that night if they want to, to get home and have seven days before the grand final back in their heads. So they're back to Perth, Adelaide, in this case, Melbourne. I thought the first week of the finals gave the NRL the flexibility to do that in the way they flexed the Penrith game to be the afternoon game. But I don't know if their TV contracts allow them to do it Mm. um, outside of that. So Mm. I reckon if they had played an afternoon game, I wouldn't have been surprised if the AFL all of a sudden had a 7.30 semi-final. Yeah, I think they've been... Re- I think you're spot on. I think they've been reactive, um, yeah, to, to the Suncorp Stadium and the Broncos. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah. And, and shows you too, Chris, what you've just pointed out is that there's, there's, you know, much more to it than just a singular decision, isn't there? I mean, a lot of it will come back to TV, but... Um, but they're prepared, the AFL's prepared to wear a 5.15 start, 5.15 p.m. start, um, for a number of reasons. And like you say, one, they don't want to go up against that Suncorp crowd, so they've got the Gabba at 5.15 and then Suncorp at 7.50, and you're right too, um, Carlton and, and or the Brisbane Lions could be in the grand final. Well, one of them be in the grand final the following week, so um, that allows Carlton the opportunity to turn around and go home and then Brisbane to get ready to go down to the MCG. Thank you, mate. Uh, you point out some some good points on that one. Warrior Holic in Wellington. Good morning to you, Warrior Holic. Mate, what a weekend it was uh, here in uh, Auckland <laughs> last, over the weekend. Now, best game I've ever been to in my life um, by a very long shot. Shame we don't get a, another game there this year. But, hey, a couple of quick points, um, just I'll make their calling back about the poor Broncos being out of players during um, the uh, state of origin when they beat us. We had Dylan Walker, Samadi Martin, Mitch Barnett, Wade Egan and Jazz out that game. So it's not yeah. like we're at full strength. We pretty much beat them in the last minute. But uh, hey, on this time thing, 
so I'm a an old old school fan, so I'm used to ten o'clock kickoffs. But my daughter's ten years old. For the first time in her ten years, she's on the bandwagon this year. She's excited about it. She sat there and watched the whole game by herself while I was up at the game on the weekend. How's she staying up till twelve o'clock at night to watch this? Yeah, um, spot which is yep, a shame spot for on. me. Yeah, and Warrioholic, I think the fans and I think the club, the Warriors deserve that. You know. We've stated numerous times the sacrifices they made through COVID, the very fact that you know the Warriors, you know were were abroad, you know the fans were starved there at live rugby league there. I, I they owe it to the Warriors fans, in my opinion, to make it six thirty kickoff. What, now, what would be interesting, Maddie, is if the NRL just you know went and had a yarn to the broadcasters and went, you know what, guys, we've made a decision, we're going to bring it forward to six thirty. I wonder what the AFL would do. <laughs> that would that would be interesting. That would uh, th- that'd be an interesting turn of events. Is the Warriorholic still there? By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Warriorholic, can you just give me an insight into what is what's happening over in New Zealand? The whole feel and the atmosphere around the Warriors. Look, it's just it's ridiculous. I live in Wellington, so I had to fly up there on the weekend. Um, when you check in, you get an up the wires at the airport. You know, when you go into the lounge, you get up the wires. The pilots giving you an up the wires all the way there. Every everywhere you go, like oh, I wear my jersey seven days a week at the moment, and people are just coming up. And it's the kids, like I'm saying, like what, what people don't realise is that the footy sports have been dying in New Zealand. That the rugby's mm. lost thirty percent of its um, playing population over the past five to ten years. This is a movement we haven't seen with a, a football sport in so long. And just getting back to the to the times, it's not just a favour for the for the NRL to do it. We have to be the third biggest market behind New South Wales yeah. and Queensland. So commercially, yes. surely it makes sense. It does. So yeah, yeah, it's no just the second world matter. Yeah, yeah. Worry, Holly. Is there anything else? You know, I know it's been a, it's been a successful season, but is like the mania that is that are the Warriors over there. Like, is there anything else to it? I mean, I know the fans were starved during COVID of live in our raw football there, but it just seems like I've seen the Warriors going good before, right? I making grand finals, but it seems to me that this year is unprecedented. Is there any other reasons why the, the whole country has just gone behind, got behind the side? So there's two reasons. Um, the first one is, like, like I said, um, with the rugby union has been completely mismanaged over here. I don't know if it's actually come up in the, in the news or the, the media over there. The the way the game's been run here, there's such a massive disconnect between the general population and, and those who are running New Zealand rugby. So the All Blacks aren't playing that great, so it's perfect storm there. But the other thing is Andrew Webster, mate. He's made this team they're just a group of guys that you can see out there playing with heart and passion. And even when they lose, you couldn't accuse one warrior this year of not playing with heart. Yeah. And that's what Kiwis yeah. get behind. It's the battlers, and you can empathise yep. with them. So, mate, it's, it's just been amazing. And the product, great you insights. know, too. It, it's a great insight. And it's interesting, too. On, on, a broader, on a broader scale, I mean, look, you know, and, and I'm not saying this trying to put the boot into rugby, but, but it's a fact their product at the moment, that the... the the, the product, the style, the entertainment value of Rugby Union at the moment is, it's poor, you know, it, compared where the, I think, I've never seen the NRL, I've never seen the standard of football so good. It's, at the moment, the players, the athleticism, the product, it's just, it's flying. I think that's got a lot to do with, on top of that as well. 
Yeah, the entertainment factor can't be overlooked in all of this because the the value for dollar spend has never been so important to households. Warrior Holic, you're a legend. Uh, thank you for that, mate. The rabbit in Paddington is on the blower. G'day, rabbit. G'day. Hey, Maddie, you're sage. You're connected. You know everybody in the league. What you've got to do is you've got to get the NRL marketing department on the phone and you say you have a golden opportunity to stick it up rugby union in New Zealand and take away all these young talent they've got. Instead, you pee it away in Brisbane at the wrong time slot. You guys, you talk about marketing, but you actually don't understand marketing. You've got no future. You know, you've got to get them on the phone and say, why, why don't you take this golden opportunity handed to you on a platter? It's on a platter, Maddie. And yeah. they, they just, they don't realise it. Get them on. Yeah, it's a big I'm opportunity. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what, I've got Mr. Volandis's number right here. I might just give him a call. You <laughs> fired me up. There you go. <laughs> just ha- actually, Rabbit, we'll just get PVL on the line and, and we'll put you through to, <laughs> so you can have a, yeah. have a crack. But he's, but he's right. <laughs> Yeah, but, he, but yeah. he's right. What a, what a golden opportunity. Um, yep. I, so I'd love a, to see him still adjust. I, you know what? I, I don't think, Maddie, we're without hope. There we go. You reckon? You reckon there's a... I, one thing about Peter Volandis, right? he is a can-do man. Like, how many times have you seen him go, this is what we're going to do? And oftentimes we hear things like this in the past with rugby league and it's, you know, it just... Yeah, drifts off into the ether. But everything he says he's going to do, he delivers on, and he's got, and he will think on his feet. We've seen that with racing. We've seen it with rugby league. It would not surprise me if they adjust it slightly. So I would be, I wouldn't put it past PVL, but I'd mm. be absolutely gobsmacked if they could do it and change it this late in the piece. I, yeah, I, I just think it is, and and TV is right in the middle of it. TV yes. smack bang in the middle of it. I, I do have one question for our Brizzy listeners on 693 and on 1620, wherever you're listening to us. If you are going to the AFL match on at the Gabba, right? If, if you go to the Lions and Carlton, but obviously you have an interest in the Bronx, how many are, are going to go from one to the other? How, how many are we catering for here, either going from one to the other or watching one or plus the other. I mean, if you're a Lions fan, does that necessarily make you a Broncos fan? If you're an AFL fan, are you still invested in rugby league and vice versa? So that's kind of where the mix is for me. But one of them's given in this scenario, and it's on this sense, it's the AFL. They've gone for the earlier start, which doesn't suit the broadcasters, but they're going to take it on this one, and the NRL have the latest day up, which suits them, suits the Bronx, suits the big audience, but doesn't suit does the Warriors. Doesn't and, suit the and, Warriors. It's and the it's a, and look as Warrior Holly said, it's such a huge market over there now, and, and building all the time. Twenty past ten. We'll take a break. Back after this. Twenty five past ten. Uh, the Brisbane Eel, Maddie, on the text line points out that it does come down to the simple philosophy of the AFL, where they play the prelim at five fifteen, not to keep TV happy, but to allow the away team the opportunity to go home right. and prepare, as pointed out by our. Previous listener, and then says, Mr. White, um, the crowds at Lions, Broncos, Dolphins, and most recently the Women's World Cup are all different and very little overlap. So you could have an 80,000 mm. seat stadium in Bris Vegas at the moment, going gangbusters up there. Now, ask Maddie almost anything. AMAA. 
Uh, question. So we've had to scan these, as you could probably imagine. <laughs> <laughs> question for Simon. Um, says, do you think Shane Flanagan can turn my Dragons around anytime soon? I'm not too confident about 2024, but hopefully a semi-final in 2025. Yeah, look, Flano, I, I, a few years away. Um, very interesting what's going to happen with the Ben Hunt scenario. It appeared for all money that Hunt was going to stay uh, in, in Wollongong, or stay at uh, the Dragons, but I was starting to hear whispers that now he's unsettled and he, he's going to want out. That's that's an interesting one to solve. Look, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised next year. Flano, no, I think Flano will give him a hard edge. I can see him moving into around the mid-table in the round. I, I, I think next year I can see him finishing around 9-10. Uh, I think he'll... I think he'll really stiffen up their defence, and they've got some. Mate, they're, they're real talent there. I mean, the the best example I could give here is Tyrell Sloan, but you know, Flano will be really good to him. He'll discipline him. Like I look at Tyrell sometimes, and he does the most beautiful, wonderful, uh, freakish things. And then you know, the next set of six, there'll be a ball on the ground. He tries to kick it. You know, he just lets himself down with those little those little issues. But Flano will make a big difference to to guys like he. Miles says, can you ask, Matty, what was with the passion fruits and the carrot in the family podcast? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. I do want to know. I, I haven't heard it. <laughs> you, Matty, you don't want to know. Look, it's uh, this is a family-friendly uh, show. I uh, Yes, it was... Yeah, I can't look. I can't even insinuate what it was about. Uh, um, okay, what had so happened, that one falls it was, into the almost category. Yes, it's the genesis of this all, this the whole banana and passion fruit thing was I was brushing my teeth and pushed the toothbrush in too far and gagged, of which my wife made a smart-ass remark. Right. Anyway, then we moved. Yeah, anyway, that's enough. <laughs> so we got, we got two questions in to ask Matthew almost anything. And oh. I reckon that's the, that's the first time I've ever, ever heard you and thought, Shit, he sounds like a politician. <laughs> I, I've got to say, Matty, I would love to tell you. I, w- I would, I would love to, but uh, yeah, I don't know if our, our mate Hutchie would be in agreement, <laughs> or he would like it too much. Twenty-eight and a half minutes after ten. Uh, good morning, Matt. Can you please ask Matty? Should the Knights send a Rolls Royce to Billy Slater as a thank you for giving Caelan Ponga a fullback masterclass at Origin? Okay. Uh, Kalen, it never he didn't play in Origin, of course. Kalen, no. I mean, no. look, it was of course they went to Kalen and inquired about his availability, and he ruled himself out, which was a, a I think, a, a big turning point uh, for the Knights. But uh, I tell you what, mate, Slater made a massive difference to Reese Walsh's game, and his ability to handle pressure uh, made big improvements on Reese. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that on the Reese factor. Thank you for that, Tony. Uh, you might have got your names mixed up. Uh, from the start of the year, a lot of the talk has been, can Penrith get the treble? In my opinion, says Gary, they can get a fourth straight. So asking you, can they get the treble? And how far can they go with this current squad? I mean, we talk about windows. <sighs> when people talk about premiership windows, they normally talk about them closing, don't they? Yeah. So with Penrith, the question is, how long does it stay open? Essentially the same well, thing, but how... How far? How long does Nathan wear that seven jersey? That's the thing. You, you've got a player there who, um, you know, isn't even in his peak years yet. That he's on his way to winning three comps in a row. 
and he's getting better and better. His performance against the Warriors was one of the best I've seen from a halfback in the last decade. It was just he just totally dominated the way he built the game, his poise, his playmaking. Uh, yeah, look, how how many can they win in the next ten years? Well, if Nathan's in that team, boy, oh boy, mate, who knows? They might win five or six. We'll go to the 10.30 news. We're going to talk secret plays too. Back to the old uh, playbook of coming up with maybe the ball under the jumper trick or, or the wall. Um, what have you got secret plays off the back of a really interesting column by Roy Masters this morning in the nine newspapers in the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, also, we've got what makes great. 0457 736 736. And your thoughts around this start time debate and or venue debate as well. Back after the news. Back for the final half hour of the roundup on this Monday morning. Matty, the Wallabies, 22-15, lost to Fiji this morning. They had some outs, but they've got some problems. They're going to have to win their remaining two games against Wales and Portugal and then possibly bonus points to decide whether or not we get out of the group stage. Yeah, and haven't Fiji emerged in the last couple of years? I mean, they've always been a powerhouse when it comes to sevens rugby, but... They've really, they've really emerged as far as the 15-a-side game go. And Rudd Radro is just, a, mate, what a powerhouse. Um, but, yeah, the Wallabies. Um, look, man, we just have the, – the squad just hasn't got the depth. And if you look at, you know, and, I mean, and who's our big star? Like, you know, we're talking about great players before. We're talking about the impact of Nathan Cleary and Sean Johnson have on their respective sides. Well, who's that guy for the Wallabies? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a heck of a lot of questions here. Eddie Eddie Jones has been around long enough, and he's very smart, and he'll have a a, a myriad of plans. And he's come out and he said it's it's my fault, but I also went with the young I went with a young team for the future of Australian rugby, and I reckon that's where the questions are going to come back, Matty, especially if they mm. dip out early. Was that the right call to, to, to yeah. ditch experienced players, to leave Michael Hooper out and Quade Cooper yeah. out and Bernard Foley and not have a look at those kind of guys and go down the, the young avenue? Because it's a big call either way to take a young squad into a Rugby World Cup. Yeah, sure is, Matty. But I think the problems you know, with the Wallabies are far more reaching than just the side that Eddie, uh, that Eddie Jones has taken away or playing. I, I think everybody agrees that... You know, it's a it, it's a systematic problem as far as the ho- the whole structure of Australian rugby needs to be revamped. And at the moment, the talent pool has just shrunk so much. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Matty, was it? That they were they were pinching our best kids, uh, rugby league's best kids, rugby league's some of their best players. And but now it's just totally swung the other way. It's particularly, you know, with the, those you know special talents coming through at schoolboy level. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six rugby fans, let us know your your thoughts around that. Roy Masters has written a really interesting piece in the Sydney Morning Herald nine newspapers this morning about the secret play that could be needed to throw a spanner in the works of the NRL robots. Now, uh, a quick summary of of the columns uh, of the article sort of intent is that basically nowadays there is there are very few plays that. Yep. Um, opposition coaches don't already know about, whether it's through um, the, the fact of the the cycle of play in rugby league at the moment or whether you just put it all into AI and it spits it out. So he's come up and said, look, one of the big chances here for the Melbourne Storm and the Warriors to get over the dominant sides of Penrith and Brisbane 
is to perhaps try a secret move. And secret is the key to this one, something that nobody's seen before. Yeah, and Roy is exactly right. These days, um, with full-time professionalism and players watching and coaches watching so much tape, as you're right, there's very few secrets. And even when you see teams on the field, when when teams start to fall in their attacking formations, I've got clever edge defenders just recognise the shape straight away. Um, As far as a special play... You know, I, I don't know. I think it's almost like a, a game plan, Melbourne. Like, Melbourne's the one that really sticks out for me. Melbourne will just grind all night with you. But if they try to do that against Penrith, they're going to get pounded. Right? They need to play a different style of football. They're going to, move, they're going to try to move the ball from edge to edge, run those big Penrith forwards around a little bit. Um, it's interesting when you say coming up with a very special play. In the 2007 Grand Final, which uh, Melbourne... Uh, beat your manly, Matty. Going into the game, what they Michael Maguire, who was the assistant there, and he was the attack coach to Craig Bellamy, watched Anthony Watmo and just noticed that Chock on certain plays would gravitate outwards. So for that game, they come up with an attack formation of, of isolating Chock and doing that. Well, they scored two tries on it. Inglis scored one early with the left-hand fend and went through and scored. So it just shows you. Sometimes you can just have those special little trick plays up your sleeve. I think from a Melbourne perspective, Matty, I think Craig Bellamy will be encouraged by if if Jerome Luai is named and he plays. If, you know, I think he'll look and go, OK, righto, here's a target. We're going to go after him. We're going to test that shoulder out. He points out this morning uh, about the 2016 grand final win and and gets to the point that the more realistic option for a special play or a secret play is off the back of a scrum. And 2016, the Storm had done their homework on Cronulla from the try from the scrum base move, one of only two that the Sharks scored, and it shocked Melbourne. But only three Sharks were aware it would be called, and it wasn't rehearsed at the Mm. captain's run because the move had never, never led to a try it had never been on tape, essentially. It had never made it to the video room. So the the, the key here is, uh, the funny thing about this is, how on earth do you keep a secret these days? How, you know what I mean? Like yep. how you come up yep. with one first and then keep it. Yeah, and, and you know what? You, sometimes you've got, to see, you've got to keep that secret from your own teammates. Like we used to have a little attack formation, myself and Adam Muir, where it would be Robbie O'Davis would be flying around on a sweep shape, that Reese Walsh shape around the back. And what we would do at the very last second, I'd just drop uh, Adam off underneath a little cross play. And the reason you do that is that, you know, guys, when you, when they recognise a, a, a block formation, will rush you from the inside. So it creates a space if you turn underneath. But we never used to tell Robbie about it. So Robbie, in all intents and purposes, he didn't know what the call was. So I, I'd just say, we used to call a block shape and again. And I'd say, again, barrel, just quietly. And like Robbie had no idea it was. Robbie would just come flying around on the sweep shape and we'd just drop it off all the time. Because, I mean, if he knows what the play's coming, mate, he's, you know, he might jog on the play. But the, he did the sell because he didn't know it was coming. <laughs> so that's how you keep a secret. Don't tell the person it. who's involved in it. Um, can you think of any of the old good moves? Would any of the old good moves, you know, yeah. up, up Matty, the jumper? Matty, I'll, I'll say this right. Right, and I'm a big advocate of this, and I've spoken to... Actually, I've spoken to Eddie Jones and Michael Checker about this once, talking about attack formations, right? Now, 
the, the traditional move of the football just through the hands on a long on a long side where you can go from sideline to sideline. I prefer the just the traditional through the hands type passing because what it does, it doesn't present a formation to a defender. Now if I'm start, if I'm attacking Nathan Cleary's edge from a long side, the sooner as soon as I present a certain shape or formation, he's gonna read it straight away. Because because they all play similar formations. If you don't show them a formation and do the old-fashioned way of just through the hands or, you know, taking a bloke one-on-one with footwork, you know, that's very difficult to read. It's a lot more unpredictable. And um, Yeah, I, I think sometimes, Matty, if what the really top sides, they, dr- they drop in and out of structure all the, so- all the time. If you stay in structure and present formation all the time, teams, defences are just going to read it. You know one that's come in too that I that I've seen a bit, and I saw it on the weekend in NRLW, and it was Tegan Berry who scored the try for the Dragons. They were getting they were getting whooped by the Broncos, but it's the long kick through from an early set or a scrum, yep. and it's either a chi- it's either a kick over the top, but it's a deep kick or a, or a grubber kick along, and utilise the pace of the absolute speeds during your team. I remember years ago, Matty, at at Brookie Oval, Cliffy Lyons did it for Dale Shearer. I I can still remember where they put the play. I could take you to Brookie and show where they did it. And it was from a scrum base, and he just let it rip along the ground, and and Rowdy was already gone and done and dusted, and it bounced up in front of him. So they tried it with those ultimate speedsters this year. It's it's not the oldest play, and it's not a secret play, but it's certainly something that's come back in. And Matty, and sometimes yeah, you've just got to take you've just got to take a chance. Like I'll give you an example. Kalen Ponga was defending in the front line against the Warriors numerous times. Made tackles in the front line. Teams now are pushing their fullback into the defence, right? To just put another face and daring the opposition to grab it through. Well, guess what? Push it through. Grab it through. Test their nerve to keep pushing the fullback up into the front line. You know, when you present opportunities, mate, like Melbourne, Melbourne aren't going to beat Penrith playing safety first. Right? They're not going to beat them just by grinding. They've got to do something different. Uh, 0457736736 is the text line. Plenty of thoughts continue to come in on uh, on the start time. Guys, you've got your wish. A Sunday afternoon GF for the biggest game of the year. Bears v Rabbitohs this Sunday at 3 p.m. at Combank. Um, do you think that South's first grade will return and be a premiership contender next year? That's a question from Jeremy. Ooh, well, they've got the players, Matty. They've just got to, they've got to reassess, not reassess their football, just reassess their attitudes. Um, if, I, if I was Jason Demetrio, mate, 75% of the, of the off-season and pre-season be spent on defence. If South get their uh, defence in order, everything else take, takes care of itself. Uh, do you think, boys, the old lock grabs the ball off the scrum and runs through the scrum will work, seeing as defenders break so early and hard these days, so straight up the middle? Yeah, the old, yeah that, that, that was similar to the, well, very similar to the uh, Cronulla one, quite similar to the Benny Barber one. Yeah, yeah, the, the arrow kind of movement. Uh, we need to take a break. We'll come back. We're also going to take a look, obviously, at this weekend's matches. So the final four teams remain. Who will it be, Panthers or Storm, Broncos or Warriors? David Campisi uh, just had a little bit to say after last night's loss to Fiji. He said Fiji played at a pace uh, and flair and as a team that wanted it more, great to watch a team with culture and history 
But why did the Wallabies kick the ball away so much? You can't win a game without the ball. It is simple. Um, so Campo channeling his, his Alan Jones there, but poses a very good point on that one. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Jamie from Brisbane. Good morning, Jamie. G'day, boys. How are you? Great. Jamie, thanks. going good, pal. Hey, Matty, I just heard you talking before about the pressure on Brisbane in this game, and I have heard a lot of talk about it, but I honestly think there's a lot of pressure on the Warriors too, mate. Like, they, they're riding this wave of, of the Wars and everything else. They've got the entire country on their shoulders. And we also talk about premiership windows. Now, we know how important Sean Johnson is to that side. Mm. Obviously, probably hasn't got a lot of years left. So, they, they've been given, like, it's a, it's a golden opportunity now to try and get into a grand final and win one, which they never have. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Warriors. I really believe that, eh? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Make a good point there. You're right about, you know, Johnson um, only got a couple of years left. And, and you know, the other thing, you've, they've come so far, you know, like on, on their journey now. You're right. You go in there, you want to go on and win. There, There is pressure on, but uh, I really think there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on, on, on the Broncos going into this one because the Broncos have had a fantastic season, like great season, been brilliant. But if they get beaten this game and don't make the grand final, geez, you know, how, how do they view the season? You know, you don't call it an outright failure, but you would call it a disappointment given, you know, how far they've come and the, the type of season they've had. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for that. So, Matty, before you leave us this morning, so there's four teams left standing and two clear favourites in this, and they're the, the top two in the comp. So Friday night, Panthers v Storm. Yep. And then Saturday, Bronx v Warriors. How do the prelims roll out for you? I think I, I think Penrith win well. Uh, I, d- I just don't see Melbourne being able to compete with uh, with Penrith's pack. And you know they've had a week off. Penrith would just prepare so well that week off would be invaluable. And Melbourne do look tired. The other game, I think the other game would be a cracker. I, I think it'll be the game of the season. You can move the ball around at Suncorp Stadium. It's you know shift the ball from sideline to sideline which will suit both these sides look Broncos have had uh, the Broncos have had a uh, fantastic season they've looked likely all year I, I, look I think I've got to say I would love to see the Warriors win this competition right? I would absolutely love it but in this one I'm going to go with the Broncos by a pinch I think it'd be that close Broncos by a pinch so Penrith the Broncos in the grand final, we covered a bit of ground there, mate, this morning. We covered an absolute truckload of ground. What are you up to today? Well, mate, we covered a lot of ground considering there's only two games to talk about. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today, Maddie, today I'm, I'm heading into Fox Sports shortly to do uh, the podcast with, uh, uh, we've got uh, Cooper Cronk, we've got Mitchell Moses joining us, which will be interesting to talk to Mitchell because if there's a side that's had a lot of success against Penrith over the last couple of seasons, it's been Parramatta. They've got a bit of a formula there. Yeah. See if they've got any secret plays. Ball up the jumper. Um, straight That's through it. the scrum. Whatever they've got. Kick and chase. Uh, good on you, mate. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, we'll do this again next Monday morning. Good on you, Matty. Matty Johns joining us there for the roundup. So Penrith to win well. Broncos by a pinch tipping a Brisbane Penrith Grand Final. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know. Before we go to our last break of this hour, don't forget we'll do a Monday sports scoreboard um, because there's been a lot going on in the world of sport outside of rugby league. Obviously, we've touched on the Rugby World Cup, AFL as well. Formula One in Singapore, so a different winner for the first time outside of Red Bull 
in 2023. Carlos Saints for Ferrari has won it there. Sandown 500, um, a fair bit of drama there. Jamie Winkup back in the driver's seat with Brock Feeney and Winkup gets another Sandown 500 title, but the Camaros have dominated once more. English Premier League, NFL, there is a lot on the Monday morning sports scoreboard this morning. Uh, just a quick text, Matty, I would have gone to both games in Brisbane, but with the AFL pushing the game back, focus is on getting to Suncorp. Gabba's a second-rate stadium to get home from, um, so it's incredibly difficult to go from the Gabba to Suncorp. Ticket pricing, another interesting point. Most of the Gabba has been deemed Cat 1 at $200 each. Suncorp has retained its usual categories. We secured our season ticket spots for $50 each. Thanks for that, Ben. Back after this to wrap it up.